Hello, friends, and welcome to There's No People Like Show People, the podcast that connects and reconnects the theater community, inspires hope, and strives to help people not feel so alone. I am your host, Sarah Philobom. I feel so much spring within me. Blow, winds blow. Spring has just begun. Hello, songbirds, and welcome back to another episode filled with joy and hope. There are so many ways to support There's No People Like Show People. Please follow us on Instagram or check out our official podcast merchandise store at www.there'snopeoplelikeshowpeople.itemorder.com. Each purchase supports honest storytelling and really helps us out. If you're enjoying listening along, please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving a written review. Ratings and reviews really help other people to find the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for your continued support. What the world needs most of all right now is more empathy, community, connection, and hope. And so I sing that I feel so much spring. Welcome back, friends. How are you doing today? Are you just, you know, I don't know. Are you soaking up the day? Are you laying in your bed? Are you driving in your car? Are you going on are you seize are you carpe diem are you like i hate this day i don't know i have no, i have no idea where you are or how you are but i am so pleased that you decided to join us today for another honest and fabulous conversation i'm going to start today with a quote always be a first rate version of yourself instead of a second rate version of somebody else and that comes from our good friend yes she is our good friend Judy Garland. Okay, our guest today is the founder of the Morse Actors Studio, a space for actors at all levels of their acting journey. This is a studio where people come together in a brave space to learn how to be their authentic selves with confidence. I love this so much. Welcome to the podcast, Amelia Morse Kolkmeyer. How are you today? Give myself my own little applause. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you for having me today. Yes, of course. Okay, my my first question is, did I pronounce your name correctly? <laughs> yes, you did. I, I joke with people, especially the Kolkmeyer part, like, it's my married name, so I'm not, <laughs> I am married, but I'm like, I'm not attached to it. My name's more important, hence why I named the studio after myself, and I'm an only child, so there you go. So am I. I'm also an only child. Woo, yay for the only. Yes. Now, do you, okay, so being an only child, have you found that in life people have these, um, I don't know, like perceptions of only children or these like preconceived notions? A thousand percent. And I'm a part of some only child groups. And it's interesting being in there because you have parents, you have onlys like myself who also have only children. And then you have people that came from families with siblings that now have only children for a wide variety of reasons. And I, I kind of joke when I say this, but at the same time, I'm, not, I'm like, as a second generation only child, because my mother was an only child, I'm an only child, my son's an only child. Um, but the truth is, it's like, you could have multiple children and they all turn out to be not decent humans. I, I like to use another word, but I'm going to be polite, <laughs> you know, but I mean, 
you could spoil them all. Like it doesn't, I know people that came from a family of four, but because their parents had money, it's like, yeah, they were spoiled. Right. You know, my parents um, struggled with jobs, you know, for various reasons. So it's like, I wasn't spoiled. I got what I needed. I think that's the key thing. Right. Um, so again, like the, this thing about being an only child, like we're spoiled, we don't share, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we have to be socialized just like everyone else. And I've seen siblings who very much group together and keep other kids out mm-hmm. so again it's just about how we socialize and raise children you know not saying that stereotypes can't be true for people they can be but you know it's just how you raise your kids there's yeah. my whole there's my my midwestern spiel as I say <laughs> you know about being an only child you're welcome yeah, well, I have often, people are, I think the the stigma around only, I also have an only child as well. And so it's like only child having an only child. Um, mm-hmm. But they, people often, number one, they think that you're really spoiled or, yes. which is just not the case most of the time, sometimes, but not always. And, not always. or they think that you're really socially awkward. Exactly. <laughs> you You could have siblings and still be socially awkward um I do find though some only children do become creative artists too because we are alone you know we don't have siblings so we have to make up our own friends we have to sometimes entertain ourselves and so I feel like that's a bit of a bonus you know it brought me I guess you could say to my creative process but my mother was also a music teacher and I grew up around that and I grew up around creative people, but also like say, being an only child, just I think really enhanced my imagination and brought me into what I do with theater. Yeah. Okay. So where did you grow up and how did you get into theater? I grew up in Southern Illinois and yes, we are very regional about the parts of the state that we're from uh, for various reasons. I will not go into that rant, but anybody from the Midwest or Illinois understands what I'm talking about. So I'm from Southern Illinois, I'm from the Midwest. And I, I, it really, the bug really bit me in the fifth grade. I just, I took a strong interest about that age. Now, before that, I had done a little bit, you know, kind of here and there, you know, preschool show, typical Midwestern church going family. I was baby Jesus at three months old. Yay for everybody who is baby Jesus out there, (laughs) you know, at the Christmas pageant. Um, But I don't know. It just, I felt this draw to the stage and to creative storytelling. And it was just something I really, I don't know, I really wanted to do. And when I got older and went to college and started taking acting classes and majored in theater, something that was said to me, and I've heard many other acting teachers say it, and I say it myself is, if you can do something else, go do it. And I tried that and it didn't, I didn't like it, I wasn't happy. You know, even within the realm of theater, I've, I've done stage management, I've done directing, I've tried to dabble in those other little areas, and it just didn't give me what I really felt drawn to, where I felt like the fruit of my creativity was blossoming. And for me, it comes in acting and also being a teacher and a coach. Those are my strong points. Those are the things I really enjoy doing. Yeah, I know. Well, you, you do a lot of amazing things. And so let's talk about your acting studio. Where would you like to start? Okay, uh, let's start with why. Let's start with- Why? Yeah. Okay, so why? I taught at university, which was a very good experience. I had a great department chair and 
uh, colleagues that I still speak to in Southern Indiana. And then I moved to Colorado, which is where I live now. And during that time, I applied to university positions as much as I could. And at the same time, I chose, I say chose because, you know, it's different for everybody who gets pregnant, but my, my, I'm losing my words, give me a moment. <laughs> in my case, it was something that was like, I, it was planned. I, some, it was something I planned and I chose to do. So I, I got pregnant, I had my child, and I went through postpartum depression and anxiety, which I wouldn't wish, wish on anyone. It's terrible. And so I didn't work. I didn't teach. I didn't do anything. And I really missed it. I missed it a lot. And I did, ha- I did come close to an opportunity to take a class, to actually teach a class. I was um, offered an uh, opportunity to apply, but I was also working a different job, which I'm no longer with for other reasons. And I'm in Northern Colorado. There's no adult acting studios up here. You have to go to Denver. And there's nothing wrong with that. I go to Denver periodically for classes. I enjoy going down there. And so I decided, well, you know what? I, why not? Why not take this chance and do it? And it was in 2019 when I started it before COVID. And so it was definitely a, a lot of big, you know, starts trying to network, trying to, you know, set up classes, find a space, et cetera. Well, then COVID happened and we all went on lockdown. And it was a big shift for everyone, including myself. And in 2020, I took classes and workshops and I really, because even I was concerned, like, how do you do this on Zoom? How do you do this? And so I took some classes, I took some workshops and I learned from, you know, not just the topics of the things I was learning, but also being in those spaces. And so it gave me an opportunity to really learn how to shift my business. And so I shifted it to Zoom. I shifted it to this digital space. And I actually taught acting classes. I taught monologues. I taught teamwork. I coached people. And it's worked out great because self-taping is a thing that's still going to continue. I do believe a lot of theaters are, and even universities and MFA programs and so on and so forth, are finding it as a way to allow more people to audition and then maybe kind of like narrow it down a little more. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to worry about the travel. We have a little more accessibility. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not, per- it's not a perfect system. This will never be a perfect system, but it does work. It does work a little better. And so that's kind of, that's, that's my long-winded story, I guess you could say, <laughs> of how I did this. But honestly, it was just, I also, part of wanting to start my own studio was to create my own space and nothing against higher education. I, I don't dislike higher education, but I felt very much like in a box there, mm-hmm. you know, in a limiting box, whereas here, you know, I have more freedoms of like what I can choose, how I continue to grow as a teacher, as a coach with my own learning and my own style. And I'm not, again, locked into a schedule and this is what you're gonna teach and this is what you're gonna do and this is how you're gonna do it that's fine, that works for people. But for me, this is just a much better space. I feel happier and more fulfilled. Yeah, that's so great and so cool and so inspiring. Thanks. So you offer a lot of different programs. Would you, uh, you know, share with our listeners, what are some of the things that you offer at your acting studio? Well, I'll talk about my two main ones, um, the actor mentorship program and then the MFA prep program. Yep. So the Actor Mentorship Program is a three-month one-on-one program that I work with actors on their audition 
packaging. And so it could be for someone who is getting back into theater and getting back into acting. It, can't, it doesn't have to be just theater. It can be musical theater. It can be film as well. But those people that may be coming back into it, I know how that feels when you've been out for a while and you're coming back and it's not, you know, it's like, what do I do? Where am I at? What's my type again? <laughs> you know, and just, you know, and, and maybe things have shifted and changed a little bit. And so relearning that, finding the pieces, helping you put your package together. Same thing for anybody who's auditioning and maybe they're getting through the callback process or they're just not getting past a certain point to book those shows. Like, well, let's look at what you're doing. Let's look at your pieces. Maybe there's nothing wrong with your pieces. Maybe we just need to coach them, you know, or we need to repackage them. We need to bring new pieces in and help you find, again, different ways to put them together. Because as an actor, you need to have multiple pieces. And you really do need to have, I believe, the knowledge of just like understanding them and just, you know, if I use A with E and then song two, what does that look like? You know, it's kind of putting, it's taking like toppings for a pizza and having different combinations. Mm -hmm. That's the way I put it. And I'm a lover of pizza. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of the actual mentorship program. That's what that's for. And then the MFA prep program is a group co coaching program and it's six months long. And the reason for that is there's more than just the audition part. There's the interview, there's figuring out what program is best for you. I have an MFA and you need, they're not all the same. And people think, oh, I need to go to these top-notch schools if I want to be successful. No, you don't. You need to go to the top-notch school for you and what your goals are and what's going to give you that training you need for those goals. And again, an MFA is not for everybody either. And so before I even like take anybody into my program, I like to have a conversation with them. I want to get to know them. I want to know what their goals are. It's like, is this, you know... What's your life? I ask a bunch of questions, not to be nosy, but like, I want to know a lot of things about you to see if this is like, help you even know, is this the way you need to be going? Or can you do what you want to do without one? So that's the MFA prep program, like six months long, we start in the summer. That way we have all this time to go through audition pieces, interviews, the callback process, finding the program for you, et cetera. And it's not being all thrown in at one time because that's a lot of work. It's a well, lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's yeah. yeah, the the process, it's like 10 different steps and, and it's usually over a six month period. It, it takes a yeah. long, a long, long, long time. I, I still haven't even heard back from some of the MFA programs that I've applied for. So I'm like one of them, I just, I just had to check in with, I had to send an email. I was like, Hey, just like doing a quick check-in to, you know, see what's going hello to see what's going on yeah and and that's the other thing like even when the program I guess would be done and that during this waiting period you know I would I would definitely be open to my people still saying you know wanting to check in with me and say hey I haven't heard from, you know what do you think like well let's talk about it for a moment you know like when was your audition mm -hmm. it, what, what information did they give you so on and so forth you know so it doesn't just end you know when the program ends it's like okay bye good luck <laughs> No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna see you through it to the end. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of check in, and be like, well, hey, how's it how's it going? What's going on? You know, because I want I want people to take that stress out. I didn't have a coach when I went through my process. I yeah, I got lucky, but um, at what cost? 
at what cost did I get lucky because it was very stressful for me and it did affect my mental health. And, Mm -hmm. um, if I could go do it all over again, I, I most definitely would have looked into contacting a coach. Of course, this was back in the uh, late 2000s. I know we're in the 2000s, but you know, 2008, 2009 ish. We didn't really have zoom, but we did have FaceTime and we did have Skype. So I don't know if coaches, you know, in my area would have, you know, or even outside the area had that available, but it would have been nice to even just have somebody I could have just like maybe went and did like a, a half a day with intensive, you know, that could have at least given me some tools and some guidance to really just take that off my plate. Yeah. Where I'm, I'm curious, where did you get your MFA from? I got both my master's, my master's of arts and my master of fine arts from Lindenwood University in St. Charles, Missouri. Oh, okay. Nice. And, and what are, what are your degrees in? All of them. <laughs> you have so many. <laughs> I, have, yeah. I, have four de- I have actually four degrees. Wow. I know people are like what a little overachiever. Okay. <laughs> I have um, a bachelor of arts. So shout out to the bachelor of arts people because we are awesome. No offense, BFAs, but there's that stigma, but I have a bachelor of arts and frankly, I'm glad I got one because I took other classes like directing and stage management and scene and costumes. And just kind of a side note on that. I, I'm so glad I took that because I got to know those areas and those people. And it just felt, feels like as an actor, I was able to better connect and communicate with those individuals, but also have an understanding of what they do and why it's important, how it works. Not that you don't know, but just it's when you're in it, you've got a little more understanding of like, oh, okay. Like, they just can't whip out a costume or they just, you know, something goes wrong in the shop. Like, you know, this costs time and money to build. And even my stage management directing classes, I've, you know, taken elements in there and brought into my practice as an actor and as a coach. So that's my quick little BA shout out. So Bachelor of Arts. And then I graduated, got married, didn't know what to do with myself and I decided to go back to the local community college and I got an associate's in um, vocal performance I did a I was able to get a half scholarship and um, like I said my mom was a music educator so I had that music background so it was theory and voice lessons and oral skills and choir and I'm glad I did it because it just gave me a little more you know a few more skills and kind of gave me some prep time to get ready because I knew I wanted to, it gave me some time to really determine, I knew I wanted to go to graduate school. And so when I finished up there, that was the time I was looking at graduate schools and auditioning for them. And so I auditioned and I got into Lindenwood and I initially started as the MFA program there. The only reason why I stopped and got my master of arts was because of financial reasons. Yeah. I, I was paying for it out of pocket and, um, I didn't want to just leave with graduate credits. I wanted to have an actual degree. So I had this option to get the master of arts. And I knew even with that, that would give me an opportunity to at least start teaching. Cause that was my goal. I wanted to teach mm-hmm. acting. I wanted to act also, but I really wanted to teach. And so that segues into how I got my job when I was teaching at the university of Southern Indiana. 
go Eagles. <laughs> and um, I did that. And then I spoke to my chair and was like, hey, I really want to go back and finish my MFA. And he's like, okay, cool. And I said, I want to continue to teach here. Okay, cool. Tell me what you need. And so I was very, very blessed that my chair there and Lyndon Wood worked with me on my schedule. So I would probably, we'll say one semester, I would be teaching Tuesday, Thursdays in Evansville. And then I would be going to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday in St. Charles. And sometimes, you know, I was doing shows at the same time. I would actually be done with an acting class and say to my students, I'm out the door, you need me called, this is how old school this was, called the Blackberry. <laughs> call the Blackberry. And, um, you know, I, I, I go to the restroom and I jump in my car and I maybe run through McDonald's or something and grab the food and get on the highway and drive to St. Charles so I could get there in time for rehearsals. So it wasn't easy, but I did it. But you did it. it. Yeah, I did it. And um, then my last semester, I was blessed because all I had to do was focus on my thesis, which was a performance. And so just I would teach and then I'd go rehearsals. And when I was done with that, then I focused on my paper. And um, thank you, email. I was able to correspond back and forth with my chair on my thesis committee about that. So I didn't have to run the roads anymore than I had. So mm -hmm. There, uh, yeah, so I finished my Master of Fine Arts. Yay, there's a long-winded story of all my degrees. <laughs> Thank you for listening to that. <laughs> Good, kind people out there. I, I think you're amazing right now. So in, in your journey, because you've done a lot of different things, a lot of different experiences, what are some of the things that you have really struggled with the most? Oh, um, things I've struggled with the most. think about this for a moment I would say confidence I think it's something we all really struggle with especially when we're kind of in something we don't see it and you cannot depend on outside sources to help you with that you have to really find it in yourself you have to really take those moments to just go back just step back from things and really look at what you've done and look at what you're doing even if in, the, in that particular moment, it doesn't seem like things are going well, you just, you have to find your own confidence. You have to, and um, it looks different for everybody and it is different for everybody. There's no single, you know, this is how you have confidence answer. But I know I've struggled with that. I wouldn't say time management because I'm, I'm a woman that loves her calendars and her planners. So I'm, if you ever need, some help on that comedy. <laughs> I'm not I'm not bad with pay I'm not I'm, that's not something I've ever struggled with I've always been a planner I've always been somebody with really good about my time management but I will say on that for anybody whether you're struggling with time management or you're good at it definitely be flexible every week is going to be different sometimes every day is going to be different just be flexible but yeah circling back confidence and that's what we all struggle with in varying levels and it ebbs and flows but just again maybe go back and look at what you've done look at where you're going and just remind you yourself that nobody's no two people are the same I had that conversation with somebody yesterday about that because they were talking about I'm in the, this room with all this talent they were talking about MFA auditions and I, I understand that but you don't know what their journey has been to get where they are. Maybe it looks super easy for them, but what have they done and learned to get to that point? You know, where are you at to get to where you're at? So 
Comparison, as they say, is the thief of joy. I did not come up with that saying. I can't remember who did, but it's one I've seen quite often and it's true. Yeah. How do you personally define success? Try not to laugh right now. Uh, only because I, I'm, not, I'm not laughing at the question. It's, just, it's, it's one that comes up often. And I mean, how does anyone define success? Differently. Differently. I mean, it comes down to your value system. Mm -hmm. It really does. It comes down to what is your value system. And that is personal and it is your own. And nobody has to know it but you. They don't. Nope, you know, they don't. I don't have to know it. You don't have to know it. Nobody has to know it but you. So I would say success is measured by your value system. Mm. No one has said that before. That, that's, that's an excellent answer. Thanks. Well, and that kind of goes into what I do with my actors. I, I tell them, you know, your choices are based on your actor values and boundaries. And they're different for everyone. Your values and boundaries are different than mine. I look very pressed and polished on the outside. You can go find me on the internet and I just look very like Midwestern, like conservative. And I'm not just gonna flat out say that now. I'm not conservative. I am salty little sailor. I will cuss and swear <laughs> like nobody's business. I know I haven't yet, but trust me, I, that's what one of my former students actually said. They're like, she's sweet, but she's salty. I'm like, thank you. That's a compliment. I'm going to go to the Baptist church on Sunday <laughs> and pray through, um, you know, but um, it's different for anyone. And in my case, when I'm working with people as as a coach or they're coming to me as a student, I will say to them, you know, like, you know what those are. I, to a degree, will need to know what they are also if I'm to help you. I'm not gonna judge you. And when I say I don't care, it's not because I don't care. I just don't care in the sense like, they're yours. I support them, I respect them. So let me help you find the characters and the pieces out there that support those as well. Yeah. And same thing with your value system when it comes to success. What are your goals? What can we do to get there? Right. Well, it's also, it's a question that I have also really been struggling with, I think, the past couple of years, because success could mean so many different things in, in so many different areas of your life. And of course, like everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to be fulfilled. Um, and I think sometimes it's like in certain areas when you're not happy or you're not fulfilled and you're like, then something is wrong, then I'm not successful, well, then how do I change it? And half the time on, on this actor journey or this creative artist journey, it's, it's a lot of the time it, it's like stumbling through it or it, or it feels yeah. like you're just like wander, you're just making a lot of choices and it feels like you're wandering blindly through the dark to figure yeah. out like what is going to make me happy what is going to it's just trying a lot of different things until you find it and and that journey i think can sometimes take years and years and years and and, and often you can really get so far off track and you're in your like what happened like how how did i get to to here and and how do i get back to like what is it that truly does fill my cup up or does fill my soul with with joy and what yeah so you know what I mean how can I be a thriving artist absolutely well and it 
goes back to the beginning why I said you have to find what is going to help you blossom. You're going to have to find what makes you really feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And again, it's different for everybody. And like you say, it's def- you know other parts of your life may be going great, but again, your artistic life may not feel that way. Or sometimes your artistic life may be going great and your personal life sucks. Yep. So there is no balance. I mean, that's a true statement. Nothing is ever going to be perfectly in balance. You just have to find the things and the tools that help you, you know, keep them kind of teeter-tottering as close to balance as possible, as close to the balance point as possible. But again, it's an ebb and a flow. Don't get comfortable. I would, I would definitely say don't ever get comfortable Mm. because when you get comfortable, you start to relax. And that's not to say that you should just put your head into the grind by any means. No, that no, 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 no. But don't, don't get so comfortable that you lose sight. It's a daily thing that we have to do. And sometimes you're like, I'm going through a period where I can't do those things. And that's okay. Breaks are okay. Breaks are totally okay. And a break looks, again, different for everyone. A break could be a completely just, I got to walk away from this at the, you know, 100%. And a break could also be, I need to take a break from acting, but I still want to read plays or I still want to listen to podcasts or, you know, find other things to, you know, to fulfill my creative soul, my spirit. Do those things. But again, don't compare yourself and and re and and be listening. People are saying, "Oh no, you need to be doing." Da, 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 da. I know. Even I'm saying that. Now, what I'm saying to you is, you've got to do what's best for you. Yep. Yeah, you really got to look into. It's kind of like you have to turn the volume down on all of the outside noise, and it's yeah. so much noise. It's, yes. it's so many opinions between yes. what your mother thinks is best for you or oh what, gosh, or, right? <laughs> yeah, or, or your best friend or your acting professors or, you know, cousin, whoever, who does know, doesn't know anything about acting at all. Like, it's just so many people's opinions and you really, it's like, you have to, to you know, tune it out or turn it down and, and really like close your eyes and, and go inside of yourself. And, but, but like, what is going to make me happy and what is going to fulfill mm-hmm. me? Something I do recommend people is actor memoirs, read them or listen to them on, on audible if they're available that way. And I say that because it's, they are human beings just like we are. And they didn't just become legends and whoever they are overnight even during the time when they were probably at their height of their fame if it's interesting to read their memoirs and it's like I apparently was really famous I apparently was like in this fight with so-and-so over here and didn't even know it you know (laughs) I mean seriously it's, it's interesting or even you know other artists that admire other artists and it's interesting to read their memoirs and they're like this person is somebody I admire so much and I had this opportunity to fangirl and meet them and when I met them and I had this conversation I realized that they struggled too yeah and so just because you know as I say okay you want your cussing I'm going to give it to you now just because the grass is greener on the other side doesn't mean it's not fertilized and bullshit you're welcome (laughs) I mean it's a saying that goes out around but it's, it's the truth it's the truth right 
exactly like you're like is the grass greener or is that just a lot of photoshop and a lot of instagram filters right exactly most definitely we don't actually no definitely i I have a couple screenshots sitting on my ipad that i'm going to use because one is like filtered one it's just a filter i came across because i was like man i'm looking really cute today and i'm like wait a minute that's a filter dang it (laughs) dang it i was like man this light is so awesome in my living room and i'm like oh shit filter (laughs) I look fabulous now I'm disappointed but I mean you know it's true it's true it's like is it a filter or and even the filter is it in our 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 own filter of how our perspective on things as well we need to keep in mind Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how do you want to see the theater world change It's not changing fast enough. I do, it really isn't, but it is changing. Um, I do want to see more diversity. Mm-hmm. I wanna see other, more stories being told that are not what have been told the last hundreds of years. I, the representation absolutely does matter. We do need you know, more people out there of, other body, you know, different able bodies, um, races, religions, you name it. We just need more diversity. We need more stories being told. Um, but the other thing is I would love to see more financial support to allow this mm-hmm. because we are so dependent on ticket sales and producers because they have the money and whoever has the money has the power. So if you're the power and you're listening, could you, I'm not going to say, please do it. Shift the damn power, shift it, shift the audiences, make it more accessible for people to come Mm -hmm. and see these stories and be a part of it. And because theater, I love theater. I don't just like the film. I love film. But with theater, because you're in that space with other people and you're seeing them live and have those experiences, yes, we know it's, it's acting. We know it's acting. But I do believe unconsciously it just connects with us personally without us always realizing it. And I do like theater that inspires people and wants to make change and try to get you thinking about, because that's part of it. We're trying to get you to think about things differently. Mm-hmm. It's storytelling, it's teaching, it's revel, you know, it's activism, it's all these things. So again, circles back, powers that be, change it, make it more diverse, make it more accessible. You have them, you know, we, we as a community, we're doing everything we can, but we also need the other half to help us as well. Yes. Do you have a favorite theater memory or story that you would like to leave our listeners with today? (laughs) Sure. Okay. There I was. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, So I don't know if you'll get a lesson out of this or not, but here's the story. When I was uh, in graduate school, my thesis was noises off and I was Dottie Mrs. Clockett. Yes. And it was the second night of the three performances. And (laughs) It's the third act. And in the third act, you can hear all this noise going on because she's having an argument with Belinda. And so I'm behind the door and Belinda's nowhere near me. We're just kind of like yelling at each other, you know, and making noise. 
my my cue was at I, it's been a while, so I don't remember the exact line, but basically, you know, it's before she makes her interest because the phone is ringing. I am supposed to kick a chair and then I kick the door at the same time. And how I managed to do this next part is beyond me. I still to this day don't know how I did this. But somehow I kicked the chair with my right foot. I kicked the door with my left foot and I literally face plant on the stage. Oh, no with and the plate just goes everywhere the sardines are kind of halfway in my hand and halfway on the floor at the same time I can see my stage manager Katie on the you know stage right with this look of horror on her face of like oh my heavens what are we gonna do and um in that particular act you know obviously like Mrs. Clack is supposed to have a bit of like possibly a limp or some kind of injury and because of the way I fell it was on the opposite side so I managed to gather myself up, you know, I'm hurting, I'm in pain, but I can move. And I'm now like stuck with this, oh crap, what do I do? Because ugh, this side of my body hurts, but this is the side of my body that I have been conditioning to do this particular move, you know, to, to you know, kind of quote unquote fake my, my injury. So I, I don't know. I did a real interesting little hobble thing that the rest of that act, but I made it through. <laughs> I made it through. Uh, I was very sore. I had to soak in a very hot bath and take ibuprofen to help with that, but I wasn't hurt, hurt. But my goodness, when they say the show must go on, <laughs> my golly, I committed and it did. <laughs> I leave the sardines. No, I take the sardines. sardines. Oh my gosh. No, I pick sardines. up the sardines off the floor. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I didn't have to eat the sardines. I'm just, I mean, they were, they were little rubber fish, obviously fishing tackle, you know, but yeah, those sardines, like, <laughs> hmm, God bless them. I'm just glad again that nobody wanted to get all method acting on me on, in that show and use real sardines because <laughs> but that would have been that would have been gross that would have been gross um but real quick before we go I will leave this piece of advice I do want to share with people and it's called the 24-hour rule I learned this from actually my professor that at the junior college and his take was on it was if you get a message that leaves you mad or upset wait 24 hours before you respond to that hmm. and I agree I like to take that a step further which even if it's good news wait 24 hours because you think about it, your emotions are heightened whether you're mad or glad your emotions are heightened mm -hmm. and I like to just tell people please take 24 hours not because you're not excited and you're like yes I want to take the role but or whatever it may be give yourself a moment to kind of come down from that high mm -hmm. so you have your logical way of thinking so you can just kind of double check because I would hate for anyone to make a decision and then 30 minutes later realize, oh crap, I shouldn't have done that. Or I need to, I should have adjusted or I should have asked a question or whatever the case may be. So whether you're really, really happy and it's great news and you're excited or it's something that's just not so good and you're feeling whatever emotion about it, happy, sad, glad, negative, give yourself truly 24 hours just so you have that time to digest it before you respond very smart that's that that is advice that i need to take <laughs> for, i have to remind myself of that quite often yep 
Okay. So where can people find you? Well, you can find me on the internet with the morseactorstudio.com and it's Morse, M-O-R-S-E, actors. So there's going to be two S's. I know, I know I'm giving you a lot of direction. I know, but it's T-H-E-M-O-R-S-E-A-C-T-O-R-S-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. You're welcome. I spelled it out. Morseactorstudio.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. I tell people I'm more popular. on. I, I didn't say post on Facebook, but because of algorithms, I'm so much more popular on Instagram. So if you're on there, please find me there and follow me and I'll follow you back. You'll probably get a DM with a thank you. And hey, like, are you a film? It's, I, I like to know, are you film? Are you theater? How'd you find me? I like it. It's a genuine conversation. I'm not going to be creepy. I tell people I work on being less creepy in my DMs, but it's just get a chance to get to know people. And, you know, like, it's not to sell you. It's just like, hey, who are you? What do you do? Let's chat. And yeah, those are the places you can, you can find me. Yeah. And if you want to be my Facebook friend, look for Amelia Morse. So be friends with her. I want to be your Facebook friend. Are we Facebook friends? I don't know. We should be. I know we're, we, we follow each be. other on Instagram, but. We do. Well, we need to go be besties now because we've <laughs> talked twice now. Because you were you were kind enough to you know we got connected through a mutual friend about mm-hmm. my MFA surveys because I was talking to people about what's your experience because I have my own but I just wanted to kind of get ideas from other people. Here's your bonus material, everybody. I know we're trying to wrap up, <laughs> and that's how that's how we met. She was so sweet. Like five minutes of conversation, she goes, "You need to be on my podcast." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> you know, okay." So genuine connection do happen mm-hmm. and and I and I even tell people someone I someone had said it's fine in on Facebook they're like hey I'm I'm interested I'm really want to do this and I'm like hey I've got this program and I have a free event coming up would you you know like to learn about it and somebody else was like Amelia how the heck do you know everybody you know and I'm like well let me tell you um Facebook <laughs> groups Facebook you know internet uh, workshops classes you know if I find someone I like I like to connect with them but at the same mm-hmm. time I really genuinely do work on genuine connections getting to know people I'm not going to just fangirl but like like your posts and comment and just send your brand of generic stuff I really want to make real connections with people because I can't do everything and I know I can't do everything but I have actors that come to me and they're like oh I want to do voiceover or I want to do commercial or I want to do whatever you know dialects or whatever the case may be and I want to go to my digital Rolodex and find someone not just anyone be like, oh yeah, this person does voiceovers, go to them. No, 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 no. Who are you? What are you needing? Where are you at? Like, what's, what's your wants and needs? And then let me see if I have someone in my digital Rolodex that I could connect you with. Or it's like, I have someone and they may know someone, you know, it, mm-hmm. I do believe in, in connections and networking and, you know, setting people up, you know, kind of like almost like matchmaking, dating. I want to find you someone that you really want to work with. Same thing, rolling it back to what I do with the monologue work when I connect people with their pieces. If you don't love it, bye. I worked clothing retail. I literally would take pants out of grown man's hands. So they just kind of stood there for more than 10 seconds. I'm like, you don't love it, give it back. And they're like, what? I'm like, it's cool. I'm not trying to be rude or pushy. Right. But if I don't want you to waste your time and money on something because you feel obligated to buy it for whatever reason me standing here or the way I'm selling it no mm-hmm. if you are just like 
this doesn't fit right. I don't like the color. I don't, I don't like this piece. I don't like, I don't, I don't care. Again, I don't care. You're not going to hurt my feelings is what I mean when I say that. What I care about is what are you going to be passionate about? Where are you going to enjoy working on? Who are you going to enjoy working with? So again, as I say, my long winded Midwestern response, (laughs) people understand it takes us 10 times to say goodbye. So people listening that understand that they're like, Man, she is so Midwestern. I think we're on goodbye number six right now. Four more to go. We're almost done. Well, hey, I grew up on the East Coast, but then I spent 10 years living in the Midwest. I love the Midwest. I totally get it. I, I love to talk. I'm, I, so I get the Midwestern good, goodbye. We're <laughs> in acquired taste. I think we're at the mailbox right now. Nope, everybody knows what I mean by that. <laughs> We're about to roll the window down and give that goodbye and honk the horn for everybody who knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a guest on you on the podcast. It is such a delight to chat with you. Um, this has been Thank so much fun. Me. Yes, of course. Of course. And I think um, we, it was very, I learned something new every single week on this podcast and you know, I, we just, I think the last thing I'll say is that we can't do this crazy career alone. No. We, we can't do this crazy thing called life alone. We, we need a lot of help. I need a lot of help daily. I can't do this motherhood thing alone. That's, you know, you just, you just need help. And so friends, if you're out there and you feel alone or you're struggling with something, maybe on your creative journey, maybe on your personal journey, maybe, I don't know, just on your journey, just don't be afraid to reach out and just ask for help because some, someone, it's like that line in, um, I think it's Dear Evan Hansen, where it's like, someone will come running. Some, someone, someone will come running and you are not alone. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you back right here on there's no people like show people next week. Bye.